Cornelius and Lake Norman. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and it's a pleasure to be back with you today on About Town. We've got a great show today. We always have uh, great shows and interesting people, but uh, my uh, senior guest this, uh, this day, this beautiful day, beautiful fall day here in Cornelius, is the Cornelius Fire Department, I should say the correct name, the Cornelius Limley Fire Department Chief, Gary Barbie. Welcome, Mr. Barbie. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, Chief. And uh, also with us today to help us along through this program and help us make some townwide announcements is Maylin Joyner, who is our communications manager. Welcome, Maylin. Good morning. Thanks so, for having me. So great to have you as well. So always welcome you to be a part of the show when you have time. Busy lady there. <laughs> so, so, Chief. You've been a fireman for a long time. Give us a little history. Tell us a little bit about you first. All right. So, uh, Cornelius, born and bred, lived here my entire life. Uh, Another local. There's not many of us. There's out not here. many, not many of us around. No, sir. Right. So I grew up on Zion Street in Cornelius. I lived there my entire life till you know moved out of mom and dad's house. Um, I joined the fire department when I was uh, 16 years old as a junior fireman. Uh, back then, it was a 100% completely volunteer fire department. Um, you know, so, you know, still in high school, still working at the soda shop in Davison, but <laughs> would do some training with the guys at the fire department. Uh, my dad joined the fire department in 1985. My grandfather had been a fireman years before that. Uh, so I kind of grew up in the fire station. Gotcha. Uh, we'd go up there and hang out on the weekends. Uh, you know, Friday night, that was kind of the hangout spot a long time ago. So grew up in the fire service, fell in love with it. You know, I've got a, a, a good friend of mine from second grade on she said you know i'm the only guy she knew that knew what he wanted to do in the second grade so like i knew what my career path was going to be as a second grader so uh, exactly well this fire department has come a really really long ways and we're going to try to tell folks today the progress of uh, of the times here if you will so i can remember my dad was one of the founders of mm -hmm. the cornelius fire department volunteer fire department and that's truly what they were 100 percent volunteer town citizens oh yeah that's that's what they were and i can remember uh outside of my home that i grew up in on church street there was a big siren up on a telephone pole that went off all times of the day and night and when that happened my dad threw his clothes on, jumped in his truck, and off he went oh, yeah. to help fight those fires. Not much training, but just a lot of experience. So we have come from that point to a very sophisticated fire department over over time, over those many years. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's pretty incredible where it got its roots. I've seen some of the older pictures and remember some of the older fire trucks and the uh, even equipment and technology has has changed quite a bit as oh, we, yeah. as we have uh, uh, pressed forward. So, you, you got uh, you got the fire uh, fighter business in your blood. It really mm -hmm. really sounds like it. So, uh, you indicated you started uh, uh, as a volunteer in Cornelius. Right. Well, tell us about your profession and and what you do as a as a profession because that that sounds interesting. It's part of our story as to how we evolved in, in our own fire department here in town. Right. So in uh, in the year 2000, I was fortunate enough to be hired by the city of Charlotte as a firefighter. Uh, so March 1st of 2000, I started with them. Um, uh, have been fortunate enough to rise through the ranks uh, uh, 
throughout my career. Um, I've done almost 20 years on the west side of Charlotte. Uh, my fire station is number 18 right in front of West Charlotte High School. Have you always been there? I've been there since 03. Wow. Uh, I got promoted to captain in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left for two years and was fortunate enough to get back in 2017. So right. I've been there for a long time. Uh, very busy firehouse. I've been fortunate enough to ride on an engine company and a ladder company. Um, currently assigned to the engine as a captain of engine 18 on sea shift. So um, very busy fire station. Um Surrounded by a bunch of great firefighters that, uh, with a, a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience, it's been uh, really makes my job easy there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a great, been a great career so far. And how many years has that been? Twenty, coming up on twenty four, twenty three now. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so all that time, all those twenty three years plus, mm-hmm. uh, you were a volunteer in addition to your work schedule in charlotte with the cornelius fire department yep have you ever moved or lived anywhere but cornelius uh no well <laughs> i haven't either so yeah, right. uh, we, we got that in common for sure <laughs> right i think you live down right beside my the house i grew up in. i do I, I live directly next door to the house that you grew up in that that is that <laughs> makes us that makes us almost uh blood That's brothers right. here That's almost right. almost so um so that vol- what was being a volunteer back in the day like? What yeah. what did you do? Did you just hang out at the fire station or just so, wait for the wait for the calls to come in? So, so after, once yeah. I graduated high school, you know, I uh, I went to school for a little bit at UNCC, UNCC, but I lived at home. I was a commuter, uh, so I couldn't wait to get to the fire station in the afternoon. We used to call it, you know, four o'clock BS hour. You can't say that <laughs> on the radio, but everybody would come after work or whatever and just hang out at the fire station in the afternoons just hang out and you know if we were if there was a call to be ran we would run a call maybe do some training every now and then but you know in in those early days it was 100 percent volunteer so just like you said earlier you still had the siren that went off at the fire station by this time we had some uh if you remember the pagers that you wore on your hip you know the alpha <laughs> pagers uh we were we were big time when we got the alpha pagers like they would send you the call and you would have the address on your little pager you would know exactly where to go so wow. that was a big change in the late 90s um in 97, we started running EMS first response calls. Uh, I don't know if you remember North Mecklenburg Rescue Squad. I do. Yes, so, I do. So, you know, the population in the north end of the county was, I, I would venture to say, less than 30,000 in the late 90s between all three towns. Uh, north Mecklenburg Rescue Squad was stationed in Huntersville, and they basically ran everything from, uh, from Harris Boulevard north. Um, they did a wonderful job for many years, but as the population grew, the calls for service grew, uh, and the town, the Cornelius Fire Department thought that we could provide a better service because we were local, we were in the town, we could get there quicker and provide better service. So July 1st of 2000, we started running EMS first responder, and uh, in the first five days of July, we ran 35 calls, and we thought, man, we've really messed up. <laughs> like, we went from running wow. 300 calls a year, and then we ran, like, 35 calls in five days and we were really thinking man we've we've really screwed up here <laughs> exactly but we we did it, it it the transition went really well um we still worked hand in hand with north Bay rescue they still were running ems calls in davidson so we would we would work with them on the interstates and all that um but no it's, it's been a great job it, it it in 2000 we because of the increased call volume, we decided that we needed to put some part-time paid people on during the day because, um, you know, 
during during the during the weekdays, people had to leave and come from home to answer calls, and we just needed somebody to be at the fire station all the time. Exactly, so. a great great history, and uh, we're going to get back to uh, Chief Barbie in just a minute, and uh, have him tell some of the great stories that he's experienced <laughs> over the years. This is Mayor Woody Washam, Cornelius Mayor. We'll be back in just a minute. again and we're back with about town this is cornelius mayor woody washam and i'm here with a couple special guests uh fire chief gary barbie and our communications manager maylin joiner so welcome back guys and you know we were having a lot of fun reminiscing on some of the rich rich history our town's just rich in history everywhere you turn but this fire department is certainly part of our story and uh, something that I'm I'm really proud of. I know you've had some experiences, Chief, al- along the way and got so many stories to tell about interesting things. You guys end up in all kinds of situations. So tell tell me your favorite story about a situation with a with a Cornelius resident, preferably that <laughs> uh, that will make us all laugh. I, I, I know I know you got some. There are plenty. I, I don't know. Some you probably can't tell. Exactly. That's where I was going with that. Uh, I did just, Maylin and I were talking a minute ago. Uh, there was a, a former Tyler Cornelius employee that, that I knew very well. Called us one time, you know, for the proverbial, you know, cat in a tree. And I told Bill, I said, uh, I said, Bill, like, we're, we're not going to be able to get the cat out of the tree. If you, mm-hmm. if you go up there, the cat's just going to run further up in the tree. And he told me, he said, he said Gary, you just got to come over here. So we go over there. And look up, and this cat's about 60 to 80 feet up in a tree. And I said, Bill, I, I don't have a ladder that can reach that high unless it's the ladder on the truck. Uh-huh. And he said, well, bring it down here. I said, I'm not putting this ladder truck in your driveway. It's going gonna, it's gonna to break your driveway up. You know, four inches of cement is not going not gonna to hold that big ladder truck. And he said, man, you, you, you got you to gotta try. I said, Bill, we're not doing it. I said, I told him, I said, have you ever seen a cat skeleton in a tree? And he said, no. I said, that cat will come down when it gets hungry. So I saw Bill about a month later at Big Bites. And he said, uh, he said, boy, that cat died in that tree. <laughs> I said, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all I could say. Oh, I know. Did get hungry enough? <laughs> I, know, I the guess cat, not. The cat in the tree. I guess not. You know, back in the day, I bet you guys used to recruit a lot of your, your volunteers, volunteer firemen, uh, probably up there at the Tree of Knowledge. So you, do you remember that Tree of Knowledge in our town? So it had been replaced by the gas station parking lot yes. in my years. But, yes. yes, there were plenty of people that came from the Cashins parking lot back in the day that were that were active in the volunteer fire service in the entire north end of the county. Yep. I'm telling you, our, our town had so many personalities uh, over the many years. And uh, I just need to write a book one day. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you could help me do that. So yeah. it's a... It's a great experience. Uh, so our our uh, fire service here in our town, our our you're one of our first responders here mm-hmm. with medical emergencies as well as fires. Uh, so how how has that evolved over time? I, I know back in the early days we we were a town of I don't know thirteen fourteen hundred people, mm-hmm. and now we're much bigger with different kinds of structures now. Oh, so yeah. 
So tell us, uh, tell us how that's gradually changed over time, particularly here in our town, but but really all over your oh, yeah. experience. So I mean, as you know, the the town was founded on the cotton mill, and you know a lot of the a lot of the houses in town were either your small ranch style houses, or they were you know the mill style houses around the around centered centered downtown center Cornelius. Um, over the years, you know, we've gone from you know your fifteen hundred square foot ranch style house to you know, 20 and 30,000 houses or square foot houses on the water. Uh, that poses a totally different fire problem for the fire department. That's about the size of an office building. Absolutely, it? it is. It's, it's the size of a commercial building. And uh, the unfortunate side of that is there are no fire codes that address thousands of square feet in a single family residential. So if it's a, if it's a single family house, they can build a 20 or 30,000 square foot house and they don't have to provide the same fire protection as a commercial building or an apartment building um, just just the way the fire code's written so you know they're they're extremely dangerous uh, for us because you know at an apartment building you typically know the layout you know it's got you got a center hallway you've got apartments on both sides you know when you go in the apartment there's going to be two to three bedrooms a bathroom and whatnot but you walk into the front door of a 20,000 square foot house that's four stories on the back and two stories on the front you know, and you have no idea where the bedrooms are, the layout. I mean, there may be a pool in the basement. There's an elevator shaft. There may be a wine cellar. You know, there's all these things that we have to think about when it comes to these super large, you know, we call them McMansions on the water. Um, but, you know, and along with that, I mean, the commercial development in town has, has gotten, you know, totally different. The, the landscape has changed there as well. Uh, the multifamily dwellings are, are changing. They're getting bigger. They're larger. You know, we used to have, you know, a two-story apartment building was a pretty big deal for us. Now we've got five-story and six-story apartment buildings. So, right. you know, the, the landscape has, has totally changed. Uh, the marinas now pose a, a totally different problem than they exactly. did back in the day. I mean, you might have a dock that's a 1,000 feet off the shore. So that's a 1,000 feet of hose you got to put on the ground. It takes 200 feet of hose to get to the beginning of the dock. So that's very manpower intensive. And a lot of hose we got to carry on the truck and a lot of hose you got to get in place and then get out there to that hundred thousand dollar boat that's burning so so tell me about uh, our water supply here in town i know mm -hmm. we've got the the um, endless amounts of water in lake Correct. norman right but um how do we address that are they better in some parts of town than others yeah so you know you're as as new development comes you know comes new changes in charlotte waters uh, protocols so they're putting in larger water mains now you know some of your older parts of town still have the, the smaller water mains uh but they do the job for us. Uh, the problems that we have had are at the end of your peninsulas, you know, your Bethel Church, Jeton Road, Torrance Chapel. As those water lines get further out the peninsula, they they decrease, and they have to for the water quality. Um, and if you you remember, you know, years ago, there was uh, vacation homes out there, not 10,000 square foot houses. So, you know, the water lines were put in for, for the smaller homes back in the day. So what we've done... Uh, you know, the town and, and uh, the fire department partnered in 2010 to buy a fireboat. Uh, the fireboat can pump 2,000 gallons a minute. Uh, we also are partners with Denver Fire Department on the other side of the lake. Hmm. So if there is a fire within uh, 800 feet of a shoreline anywhere in the town of Cornelius, uh, we get dispatched, obviously, and then Denver Fireboat gets dispatched with us automatically. Um, so they come over and they can uh, provide mutual aid and they can provide uh, fire support and we do the same thing for them. So uh, that's just one way we've combated that. 
Fantastic. And, and you do have those mutual aid agreements oh, yeah. with all of our surrounding fire departments. Mm-hmm. How far out does that go? Uh, so we go into, um, if there is a fire in Davidson, we're going anywhere in the Davidson town limits. Uh, we go Huntersville to about Gilead Road, mm-hmm. exit 23. Uh, we respond with them there. You know, Huntersville's got four fire stations now. So um, where we used to go all the way down to Verhoff Drive and North Mac High School and all that years ago, um, you know, obviously we don't go that far anymore mm-hmm. because they've beefed up their fire protection in Huntersville. So right. um, a good bit of the north end of the county. So basically exit 23 north. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how far north? Uh, to the to the county line. To the county line. Yeah. Um, if there is a large fire in the south end of Iredale County and they call what we call a two alarm where they need a lot more manpower, they'll call us in. But we don't go up there on an automatic aid. Gotcha. Um, it's, it's, it's just gotcha. a, a mutual thing if they actually have a real fire and they need some help. So uh, do you... All your fire departments, do you have varying amount, varying types of equipment to fight certain types of fires, or do you all basically have the same equipment? It's all basically the same stuff. So, I mean, there's, you know, your your basic trucks are engine companies. Those are the trucks that carry the hose and the water. Those are the guys that go in and put the fire out, or they establish a water supply. Uh, then you have ladder companies. Those are the trucks. Those guys get there. They'll go in and search for victims. Uh, they'll ladder the building, try to rescue people from upper floors. Uh, they'll throw a ladder to the roof, cut a hole in the roof to let the smoke out. Uh, it just makes it more tenable for the people that may be trapped inside. It also makes it more easier for the firemen to go in because once the smoke lifts, then you can see the fire, you know, because typically in a fire, you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's very dense, very thick smoke. Once that smoke lifts, it allows you to find the fire and easily and extinguish it easier. And it, makes it a little bit more tenable because the temperatures go down as well. And you're basically creating a chimney. Right. So everybody has engine companies, everybody has ladder companies. And then we also have a rescue company uh, in Cornelius that we use for the interstate response. Uh, that's what we you know, do. The majority, the majority of the work we do out of that is uh, motor vehicle collisions where somebody may be entrapped, uh, but we're prepared for anything. We're prepared for, you know, water rescues, rope rescues, you know, somebody, you know, gets injured on the third floor of one of these construction sites. You know, if if they physically, we can't get them down a stairwell, we can, you know, lower them with ropes, so on and so forth. So, so talk about your your equipment uh, because I I think this is a good topic to uh, certainly hone in on as it as it relates to the future. So back in the early days, uh, how did you get your, your equipment? Did, did the town buy it, or did you buy it yourself, or did we participate? Or how, <laughs> how did that work going back in the earlier years? Years ago, uh, there was a lot of chicken barbecue sales. I remember. <laughs> I was about every one of them. That was, uh, uh, so the county, would, the county always provided some funding. Uh, the town always provided some funding. Um, but there was a lot of fundraisers d- done by the, by the early you know, ancestors of the fire department, if you want to call it that, but um, lots of fundraising. Uh, we still even send out a donation letter once a year. Um, that that was a, a big fund drive. So years ago, the guys used to go up there and they'd print these things out and they'd write out the address and put the stamp on the envelope. And you know, we pay somebody to do it now because it's a lot, it's a lot more intense than exactly. it was back in the day. But they did a lot of fundraising, a lot of fun drives. Uh, there was a women's auxiliary years ago where the wives of the firemen. It really was a family business uh, back in the day. They would, you know, do bake sales and you know so on and so forth. So lots of lots of fundraising in the early years. Uh, Fantastic. We got any more uh, events coming up like that? I love no, them. No, <laughs> it's a little no. bit of work, isn't it? it? It's a lot of work, and you know, as busy as we are now, um, and the, you know, with staffing now, uh, you know, 
you just don't have the people that have the time to dedicate to running a running a an all day chicken barbecue event. You know, I'll run right. a bake sale for you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's but you got to find somebody that can bake. I can't. So we're, <laughs> we're out of luck. Yeah. So yeah. you know, we can figure that out. Though. That's right trust, right. trust me, we we can definitely <laughs> do that. So it's been a shared experience, and uh, but the future's changing, and we're going to get into that topic uh, really once we get into the next um, quadrant of our show. And okay. uh, I think that's important for our listeners to know exactly um, how that works for the future and what our plans are for the future. So think about your questions, audience, and call us at 844-STUDIO-4, 844-STUDIO-4. Happy to uh, entertain your questions. This is Mayor Woody Washington from Cornelius, and we'll be right back. segment of About Town with Cornelius Mayor Woody Washington. It's a pleasure to be with you and my guests today are Cornelius Fire Chief Gary Barbie and our Communications Manager Maylin Joyner. So welcome back folks and uh, I think we actually have a caller out there so let's go next to our caller and then we'll come back to our topic here. So William are you out there? Yes, sir. Thank you for uh, spending a little bit of air time with me today. Absolutely. What's um, your question, sir? Well, first of all, I want to commend um, the fire fire workers for this past 9-11 that we remembered earlier this week. And if it wasn't for you folks, I don't know what us private citizens would do because you guys are appreciated and well needed. And we're glad that you're out there and giving us the service that you do. Thank you, sir. Right. Um, my question is, with the market, um, with the lithium batteries, um, I don't know that much about them, but I do know that they're they're pretty high energy batteries, and there's some difficulties when fires happen with those type of batteries. And, and I'm learning that maybe some of those fires that are started with lithium batteries, take the car for example, the the Elon Musk car, the the Tesla, um, it's improper use, whether it be putting chargers the wrong way or whatever kind of thing possibly could start fires. But nonetheless, fires happen. Um, so my question is, is there, do you know yet if there's going to be a fire extinguisher possibly on the market that would help put those fires out in the event that it happens before you guys can get to the scene? Uh, the one thing I can tell you is a, a ton of research going into the lithium battery fires right now. Um, uh, we do know and we are finding throughout the nation that it's taking copious amounts of water to extinguish the fires. Um, there are actually some fire departments in Europe that are carrying uh, basically a roll-off dumpster truck now that has a crane on it. They can put the car in a roll-off dumpster and just fill that full of water. Um, it's becoming quite an, quite an issue. I know New York City is facing a rash of lithium uh, battery fires right now. Uh, most of what you just said is correct with the improper charging or charging of the batteries too long. Um, you know, I know in the Charlotte Fire Department, anytime we have anything lithium battery, they send a hazmat response as well. So as far as uh, the market now with a current fire extinguisher, nothing that I'm aware of. Um, I know it's being researched very heavily, uh, and it is definitely becoming um, 
quite a new problem in the fire service and one that we're we're having to learn to combat in different ways to extinguish um there's even a a blanket now that is out on the market now to basically smother a car with this blanket to try to keep it from because the water's just not doing a job so well well chief in your in your first responder in your first responder role as well as uh in your uh fire fireman's role you you have a lot of calls going on up and down I seventy seven, don't you? Mm-hmm. A so, lot, yeah. So what what typically is is uh, uh, causing the that activity? Is it is it wrecks or or what what is what brings the most attention to your folks from there? Wrecks all the time on I seventy seven. Whether it's a a minor fender bender where somebody's complaining of neck pain to you know a a, a multi vehicle accident where somebody may be entrapped in a car. Right. Exactly. So, William, anything else from you before we move on? Well, I just wanted to add to it that that that's probably what it is, is for right now, um, until we get something on the market, it sounds like there are a few options there available already. But until we do, we're just going to have to really emphasize on the fact that um, proper usage of these vehicles or or pieces of tools or machinery um, that are having those lithium batteries in them that we just need to properly charge them i for one um, don't leave something on charge for a long period of time um, i just try to charge it until um, it till it peaks out and then take the charger off so just try to get in that mindset and that habit form maybe that'll help reduce some of these fires that possibly happen Exactly. Yep. exactly. You, you exactly. can ask my children, and that's the standard in my houses. You leave it on for a very yeah, short that, time, that and then you take the it thing, off. You know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks Y'all for calling, care. William. Thank you, sir. Yeah, other you, other caller other callers are welcome out there, and you can dial eight four four studio four eight four four seven eight eight three four six four, and we'll be happy to to entertain your questions here with the fire chief and our communications manager. Uh, so, there's some big things happening in our town, uh, Chief, and I, I want you to give a little history of, of how this occurred. It's difficult in these kind of times to remain a volunteer fire department. Correct. So, uh, the town of Cornelius is in the middle of a transition. Mm-hmm. Tell us how this came about and why it came about and why it's needed and why why it's necessary to move us into the future here in our town. Yep. So as we discussed earlier in, in the year 2000, that was 23 years ago now, as, as hard as that sounds, <laughs> 23 years ago, we, we noted that, you know, your volunteers just can't can't keep up with the call volume, especially, you know, guys couldn't leave their jobs anymore to run, run a fire. You know, they definitely couldn't do it seven times a day. So um, even back then, uh, Jamie Baumgartner was the fire chief. Uh, he was succeeded by uh, Willie Cobb. Yes. Uh, these guys, uh, these guys set in motion the, you know, part-time pay plan for our firefighters to ensure that we had coverage during the day when the volunteers weren't around. Uh, my father, Jim Barbie, actually came in after Willie, uh, and and they st- we started doing nighttime staffing as well, just because when you run three or four calls in the middle of the night, you know, guys still have jobs and they still have lives. They couldn't get up in the middle of the night and run that volunteer call anymore. Mm-hmm. So we went to a 24-hour, around-the-clock model for part-time staffing. Um, as, you know, we 
you know, continued to grow and the town grew and the call volume got higher. The other fire departments around us, the same thing happened with them. Their populations got bigger. Their call volume went up. They started paying people part-time. So the the market, the pool of candidates that we had for part-time staffing started to dwindle as well. Uh, there's also been a, a generational change. You know, guys don't want to come out of high school and be volunteer firemen or firemen at, at all anymore. They want to go to college for four years and come out making 100 grand. That's not going to happen in the fire service. So it's been a generational problem as well. So for years you had uh, you know, my father and uh, Chief Neil Smith, who was my predecessor, uh, tried to, to emphasize the need for more staffing uh, to look at start doing maybe some full-time staffing. Uh, in the year 2018, uh, the town board hired uh, through the International uh, County Managers Association uh, they hired a, a group called the Center for Public Safety Management to come in and do yes. a study. And uh, that study came in and basically verified everything that Chief Smith and and Chief Jim Barbie had been saying for years, that, yes, the town needs full-time firemen or firefighters. I've got to be politically correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the town needs full-time firefighters um, just for the simple fact that the part-time staffing and the volunteerism throughout the nation has gone away. So uh, we put a Put a plan in play, a 15-year transition plan that you spoke about earlier. Uh, it's a it's a slow process, but it's very fiscally responsible. It's not a shock to the taxpayer system. Uh, CPSM wanted to hire like 45 people in three years, and that was going to be quite a shock to the to the payroll exactly. department. So we put a 15-year plan in play. Uh, we're still going to you know, keep utilizing our our wonderful dedicated part-time staff that we have now. Uh, we've supplemented it with now 12 full-time. Uh, career firefighters uh, that's four per shift across three shifts they work 24-hour shifts uh, we're looking to hire our first full-time training captain and uh, you know hopefully in this this year's budget that's coming up uh, FY25 uh, looking to looking for some more political support from our from our politicians to uh, to grow the full-time staff some more so exactly well it keeps moving what are we up to now with our full-time staff we're, we're at 12 now uh, looking to hire that full-time training captain that'll put us at 13 right uh, and then my position will become a town's position uh, January 1st as well so we'll have uh, 12 shift personnel and then two administrative staff yeah that's a that's been quite a quite an evolution and quite a discussion at the town board level. Um, but we have to keep pushing this because public Correct. safety is everyone's number one priority. I know mm-hmm. transportation's up there too, <laughs> All roads yeah. for sure. Yeah, we pale in comparison to transportation. But, right now. Well, I'm not sure because <laughs> you know you can't have one without the other, and they right. go hand in hand. And people want a safe community. I know that's that's certainly important to to everyone. Uh, but we are moving through the process. Uh, it's a long process. Mm-hmm. I tend to think it's probably a little too long. Um, and if we could figure out ways, and I hope we can, to, to speed that up, that's been that, that's been a priority from, of mine mm-hmm. for a long time. So I don't think we can do enough for our public safety uh, uh, employees and our, our administrators uh, to keep them around and to make sure they're around because, you know, our town isn't safe without them. Mm-hmm. So I know that's what our citizens are, are looking for. So that's what just, they expect, for sure. That's what they expect, and that's just fundamental, mm-hmm. I think, to most folks. So that's that's going to be interesting to see that evolve, and um, you know, certainly my desire, and I think some of my colleagues would be to uh, to um, crank that time frame up just a little bit. So uh, so stand by, chief, and yeah. uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that works out as we go into the the future budget years, in the next couple of years. I think that's going to be instrumental. 
So uh, as we as we move forward into um, the future, I I know this is um, this is an evolving event. So I want to come back in our next segment and really talk about the future of the Cornelius Fire Department because there'll be a day very soon that it will be a department of the town of Cornelius. Uh, you know, Davidson's already made that transition. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that we're right on their heels, and I expect Huntersville and others to be right behind that. So, so anyway, we always set the pace here in our town, so we're going to move this forward. So more to come from About Town with Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and we will be right back. again this is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam and we are back with About Town and we are traveling today to the Cornelius Limley Volunteer Fire Department with Chief Gary Barbie and also with me today is our communication manager Maylin Joyner so Maylin you do a lot of uh, corresponding and uh, surveying our, of our town citizens yes sir so how important is public safety and actually uh, specifically, I guess, our, our fire services and medic and all that to mm -hmm. our citizens. What's your opinion of that? It's critical. Year over year, we host the um, FY, next one coming up is 25 budget survey, uh, and we ask citizens to rank their priorities whenever it comes to different expenditures that we can fund. And it's always transportation. It's always public safety at the very top. Now, we don't split up our public safety into police and fire specifically, but we do allow people to comment on their priorities and you know everyone is fully supportive of the fire department whenever we do open up those comments exactly and i, I think that's something that uh, if if we are looking at our tax rate or what people pay for I'm, i personally have never seen a pushback when it relates to keeping our sound our town safe or building roads mm -hmm. additional <laughs> roads so i i can certainly validate what you're saying so that brings us to the future of the Cornelius Fire Department, uh, Chief Barbie. Uh, we've evolved a lot. Uh, how many employees uh, are you up to now? And how many, how many employees does it really take? Do you have enough? Uh, so right now, you know, with the, with the addition of the full-time staffing, uh, we've got about 80 part-time firefighters. Uh, that we still rely heavily on uh, for the majority of our staffing. So our goal is 12 firefighters a day, um, four on three different trucks. Um, we we do okay with that staffing. We're probably in the 70% coverage rate. Uh, our old goal was 10 per day. Uh, we're knocking that out of the park now uh, with the addition of the, of the full-time staffing. So eventually uh, the full build-out <clears throat> of the fire transition plan, uh, you'll end up with uh, 17 firefighters on duty a day. Gotcha. Um, so NFPA is the National Fire Protection uh, Agency, or Association, sorry. Uh, they have a thing called 1710, which is basically the year's worth of uh, of research uh, through the National uh, Institute of Safety and Technology 
Uh, that's the number of manpower that they say it takes to put out a 2,000 square foot house fire. So that's what we set our model upon was 17. Um, it take they say it takes 28 for a multifamily building. So any kind of apartment building or anything like that. Uh, that's where we would rely heavily on our mutual aid partners to come in from Davidson or Huntersville and, and and even further away. Well, it certainly takes. Uh, um updating and replacing fire equipment too oh yeah as in your fire trucks i think we've right. got one on order right now don't we got we? two got two on two. order yes that's right I, yep. I, I forgot that one of them hadn't arrived yet okay. so uh, one of them's a little ahead of the other one right just by a couple of weeks so we're hoping in the second week of october to go do the final inspection on those trucks so we got delayed uh back in the um uh, shortage of um, of uh, COVID. COVID. Everything. Yeah. That, yeah. That, uh, <laughs> you know, the supply chain issues Whatever that plague that the nation. That, yes. that just put us behind and yes. that's that's why they're they're running so close together. But Correct. uh so how much does a fire truck cost? Fully equipped and um you know Ooh. sort of turnkey roughly. In, I'm not gonna hold you to it. In today's <laughs> day and age, uh you're looking at close to a million dollars for an agent company. It, yeah, it just blows your mind, and I don't think most of our citizens realize that. They but. don't. But, you know, and, and at the same time, you have to realize you're making a 20-year investment. Um, right. The trucks that we're replacing, uh, one is a 2001 model. Uh, the other one's a 2005 model. Gotcha. So we're, we're replacing some very aged equipment. Um, you know, you got to look at the overall lifespan of the truck and how much you're spending in repairing it. And at, at one point in time, it just becomes to where it's ch- actually cheaper maintenance-wise to purchase a new rig so mm-hmm. that you're not spending money constantly on repairing the older trucks. So, so, so what do you do with uh, when you take a truck out of service? What do you do with it? You can sell it, put it on the market. And, um, and who do you sell it to? Other fire departments. Gotcha. <laughs> you, that, uh, that would make sense. Yeah, well, usage is a little bit limited, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, a lot of, like, our truck would make a very good um, – are the trucks we're going to sell, uh, they're still in great shape. I mean, obviously we maintain them. We still run them all the time. Uh, so it would be a very good uh, truck for a smaller town or maybe a rural fire department, you know, North Carolina, any anywhere across the nation, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, there is a there is a unfortunately now with the cost of new apparatus, the used market for fire apparatus is skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know, I just told you an engine company. In 2001, cost $300,000. Here we are, you know, 22 years later, and we're talking about a million a million dollars. So, you know, your small rural community can't afford a million dollar fire truck. Exactly. So what they'll do is they'll look to the, you know, to the to the larger municipalities to look at the used truck market, and you know, hopefully they can pick one up for a hundred grand, mm-hmm. and it'll last them and, and serve the purpose for them. And that gets a little bit of an offset back to us. Absolutely, to, to yeah. Maybe upfit it and uh, do some special things right. that we need here, uh, because I think the lake probably makes us a little bit unique with with what our needs are. Oh, for is sure. It, is that a true statement? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. the amount of shoreline that we have, um, like we talked about earlier, the water supply and the peninsulas uh, not being as 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 good as we need it for you know the larger structures. Uh, we definitely have quite a quite a different fire problem than, you know, a lot of different municipalities throughout the state. Exactly. And most people don't know the fact that the uh, uh, town of Cornelius has 75, nearly 75 miles of shoreline mm-hmm. on beautiful Lake Norman. That is a lot of shoreline. It's the it, most it out of really any municipality is. on the lake. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. And uh, that uh, that definitely makes us unique and uh, uh, and, and challenging as well. Mm-hmm. So. So we have to keep that uh, that aspect in in mind as we 
as we move into the futures because the lake isn't going away. No, nope. uh, the needs aren't going away, and uh, and our town is is growing somewhat still. Correct. So not like it once was, but uh, certainly it's uh, it's moving forward with um, with some with some projects coming about. Right. Uh, so so we'll see we'll see how that works out. So uh, you know we sit here now, Chief, with uh, two fire stations mm-hmm. in in the town of Cornelius. And they're beautiful, and they're they seem to be fairly well equipped and mm-hmm. modernized uh, to meet our needs. Uh, so, is that enough for our town? Do you foresee a, another one uh, in in need in the foreseeable future? Yeah, you know, part of that CPSM study that we we did back in 2018, uh, they did talk about the need for a third fire station eventually. Um, you know, your response times typically drive the need. Uh, right now, we're doing really good with response times. Um, I do think that in the very, you know, probably in the next five years, we need to look at a fire station in the Westmoreland 77 area. Um, you know, but like, like I said, we'll, we keep watching the data. You know, obviously, I, I pound you guys with data every year uh, about response times and manpower and so on and so forth. So once we start seeing that need, you know, you'll, you'll definitely hear a little bit more from me. Um, you know, we'll, we'll bump that CIP request up a little bit. Exactly. Well, we really need the, the data because, you know, when you when you're spending taxpayers' dollars, it uh, it is critical correct to understand why you're doing that. Right. And uh, and you always give us a good case. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't think uh, this fire department would be where it is today without you and certainly your dad and some of your predecessors doing the same thing. But you do a stellar job at that and, uh, and make a good case for what you asked for. You just aren't pulling it out of the blue sky. That is correct. that is for sure. Uh, so. As as we as we move into uh, the future with this transition and uh, um, you know the uniqueness and expectations of the town, I think that's one thing that that makes our public safety operation here in town that would that would include police and fire mm-hmm. pretty special is the expectations of our citizens. Uh, I mean, y'all go beyond the the call of duty. I I, I know you do. Uh, to perform things of, based on what we call the Cornelius Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think that's a different approach. It's hard to explain that. So am I right about saying your guys do understand what that means and uh, Absolutely. Can, can translate that? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, my wife and my children and my mother and father live in this town. Yes. So, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that this town is safe for them. Right. Um, I've got friends, lifelong friends that live in this town, you know, so I'm going to do everything to make sure that my family and friends are taken care of. And, you know, obviously the, the, the rest of the citizens around us as well. I mean, it's a, it's an obligation that we take very seriously is to make sure that we are the best that we can be for our town and our citizens. And I think uh, for those of you that don't live in Cornelius and experience this wonderful service you get, the, the Cornelius way, uh, it just simply is going beyond the call of duty to do things a little bit different, to do things a little bit more special, uh, to make our citizens feel special and uh, make sure they believe that they're served to the to the ultimate here, here yeah. in this town. I don't think they can get better service from public safety um, personnel you know, really anywhere in the country. Yeah, we're, we're, we're blessed at the fire department for the simple fact that we have a lot of guys that are dedicated to the, the passion of the fire service. They're not just employees. Like, it's not just a job to them. Like, this is something they've dedicated their lives and their careers to, and they all want to make sure that they're the best they could be at it. So we're extremely blessed with the experience that we pull 
you know, from our part-time staff and they're, they are really driving that home into our new full-time firefighters as well. So, uh, we've got a great staff. I mean, we've got guys that teach all over the nation, um, teach firefighting all over the nation and and different skills. Uh, and that are, you know, like I told you earlier, I work at a very busy fire station in the city and, uh, there's a lot of other guys that, that do as well. So like our staff is, is wonderful and it's an extremely dedicated staff that, that, like I said, is, dedicated to the to the passion of the fire service it's not well, just a job a lot going on uh not going on with the cornelius limley fire department uh but there, but there's a lot more going on in town give us a quick rundown maylin <laughs> oh, what's coming is up so much all right we have praise in the park this saturday at smithville park that's from 5 to 9 p.m uh the festival benefits the aussie martin or the aussie and martin riven scholarship foundation 23rd annual all-american dog show is coming up on october 1st at robbins park and we have the 11th annual lake toberfest on october 14th at bailey road park you also have a wednesday with woody coming up at Waterbean coffee absolutely come on out folks yeah, love that, to see you that is september 20th and you have a transportation funding um task force meeting tomorrow with senator vicki sawyer don't you looking looking forward to that yeah Thank you, Chief Gary Barbie. You've uh, you've enlightened us all. Uh, we thank you for your service. We thank you for your your commitment to our town. Thanks also to our uh, communications manager, Maylin Joyner. This is Mayor Woody Washam. It's been a great day in Cornelius. The sun is shining. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. The new 1059 100.7 WSIC Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.